right. Hi, everybody. Uh, Welcome to this edition of What's the Obsession With? It's a podcast where we try to get to the bottom of cultural obsessions from a historical and psychological standpoint. So, Adri, what are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about what's the obsession with the end of the world? So we're talking about the end of the world today. It's very, very, it's very of the times. It feels very topical for yeah. us today. We're topical on what's the obsession with. Um, so what's the obsession with the end of the world? When did you find out that the world was going to end? Like the first time in your life somebody told you like that there was an end of the world? Well, so I was raised uh, Christian. So I feel like I was raised very like super aware of like revelation and the apocalypse and things like that. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that that was just kind of like, I grew up with this sort of understanding that the world would end and that it would like end in fire and it would end in plague and it ended all this like kind of really traumatic stuff. And then I think even as I got older, uh, when I started learning about like science and stuff, um, learning about like, uh, different extinction events, like the world has quote unquote ended a lot. One, I was like, oh, it's a religious thing. And then I was like, oh, fun, science. And then I started learning more about like science. And I was like, oh, man, it ends here, too. Like, <laughs> It's like, oh, no, this is one thing they weren't lying about. Um, I'm just picturing like little tiny you at like a pew being told that the end of the, like, the world is going to end. Um, I was raised Catholic and we didn't actually talk about it much. Like Catholics aren't into that, um, at least in like my branches of Catholicism. It was mostly like make little crosses out of palms and um, things like that. So I think the first time I can remember thinking about like the possibility of the world ending is when I watched that, you know, the video, um, the end of the world. Oh my God, that late. Yeah. I I must've been like, um, how old must I have been like nine or 10? I just never, I mean, I, I had heard about it, but I had never thought about it before. Like, oh, this is a thing that can happen. That was probably the first time because I knew about the dinosaurs. Right. But I never thought that like, oh, this is a thing that happens every so often. Just like shit just blows up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's the first time I can think of that. I actually thought about the possibility of everything coming to an end. Um, so I feel sad for a little tiny you. You were like aware of it much earlier than I was. Well, I you know what? I had this idea when I was talking um, I I was thinking about how all of these sort of great extinction events have happened throughout like history of life. And I kind of, I had this thought, what if it's part of our collective life species memory of things sometimes just die in fire? Like the collective unconscious, like there's just things that we all know or like all dream or all intuit. Um, And that makes some sense, but I don't know what do you there's like a lot of scenarios but like when you're thinking about this like right now as we're talking about it what does it look like does it look like what does the end of the world look like a lot of the like end of the world scenarios i'm sure we'll kind of get into that um especially given like current (laughs) current topical elements you know things like plagues or disease or like zombies or honestly even nuclear war um they don't feel end of the world to me, I mean, they, they feel like it sucks. It's a bummer. <laughs> but they don't, they're not Nuclear really war, end of the world. Nuclear war, a bummer. It, 
they're a bummer. Uh, <laughs> in my opinion, it's it's uh, <laughs> and no, but it's 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 a it's a bummer for us as a species. But some of those things are are um are end of the world just for for humanity. So I feel like the world would be fine. Like it's just us. We're not gonna be good. So when I think of like absolute cataclysmic end of the world scenario, for me a giant volcano exploding because we've totally lived through that or not we haven't lived through that but like like life on earth uh asteroid asteroid crash that's like would break up earth or um you know something we get fried by solar radiation or something that just sort of nukes the surface or something that um yeah something like from the outside something from space because yeah everything that can happen based out of earth like natural or unnatural like pretty much everything else would be fine so i think that's why a lot and that's it's a religious term but like people call it the end of days rather than the end of the world because we invented days that was a fully human concept um oh my god is that why that means that i think well i just i just said that i don't know if that's true I Did just, you just, that's, is that why it's called the end of days and not end of the world that's a connection i just this is a Adri special. I just made that up. Um, that makes sense. <laughs> it's an Adri exclusive. And it, that makes sense to me. Like why we would call it the end of days instead of the end of the world? Because it's not the end of the world. It's the end of, like, history. Yeah. Yeah. It's the end of humanity. So for so what what does it look like for you? I, I guess like first instinct, it's like something fiery. Like I guess like the asteroid, um, but. That that probably comes from like so many so many movies, uh, but if I ever like sit down and get really emo and think about it, I think that everything will be survivable by the rest of, like the world and living things. So I think I'm more on the end of days camp, than the end of the world camp. I don't think that I think the Earth will be fine. I think that everybody's gonna be super stoked that we're gone, and the deer will be happy and the whales are gonna be pumped. Um, yeah, I think it's just, uh, on the darkest days, I think we're kind of parasitic and the earth's going to like shake us off like a bad flea and, and move on. I what do you picture when of. you think of end of days? If someone said it's the end of days, like, oh my God, like, let's just say, okay, you for some reason got buried in a cave for like a year. I don't know why you're in a cave, Adri, but you got buried into a cave and you came out and someone said, oh my gosh, it's the end of days. What do you, th what's your first instinct about what happened? Like you come in and someone's like, oh my gosh, like you missed it. It's the end of the days. End I think, of the days. That's not even not, the phrase. I don't think it's, I'm, I'm not trying to be topical, but I definitely think it's something that wipes out people or like civilization. So not necessarily an illness, but like things like a tsunami or like volcanoes or things like that, like weather events or, or famines or things that like, or, or our inability to reproduce that one's a lot too like not being able to make more humans like it's that's it like we're the, like we're all that's left um those kinds of things things that would only eliminate people are the things that come to mind so nothing um nothing that would come crashing so i, I guess i don't think of the asteroid so much i think of like something went wrong with the gmos and we're all dying i can definitely see it being like a uh like in the that the the movie about you know where, where people can't have kids anymore like I could see it being something like that like but we would build a science our way out of it I guess I'm trying to think about something that we wouldn't be able to science our way out 
<clears throat> I mean, that's a lot of faith in science. We're having a hard time. I do have a lot of faith in science. Sciencing what? our way out of this one right now. <laughs> I know we're not sciencing our way out of this one. For those, for listeners, for some context, we are currently, uh, we're, we're mid uh, social social isolation phase right now with some not not to be flipping about it, but we're mid social isolation phase for for coronavirus stuff so we are like um yeah we're, you know, we're going through it and, yeah we're going through so it so right we now. yeah so the great thing is is i think our listeners are going to be listening from the future where it is either blown over and every, everything's fine or it's either much much worse okay um so we've already gone about like how we started to think about about it when we were little and what we think about it now, what it looks like. Um, but historically, we've always been kind of like ready for the end. Or maybe that's not accurate, but there has always been like an idea of like things being over. Yeah, and I wonder if that's, again, I think I wonder how much of that came from from religion, like, you know, from, from revelation or from, you know, different kind of myth- mythological uh, things like Ragnarok, which I, again, I don't know how accurate this is, but I'd heard that there's this theory that it actually wasn't so apocalyptic in its original form, the the kind of Ragnarok event. There's a lot that we don't know about uh, certain mythologies because uh, they either the, they weren't written down. We don't have any written re- record of it, and we don't actually know what the, the myths really were at the time. But there is a theory that it actually wasn't really end of the world. It was more just like cycles and things so i think i wonder how much that happens and how much you know i'm just i'm trying to think i'm trying not to ascribe the kind of revelation based god as enacting his wrath and ending everything and wiping out mankind on other other mythologies even though those mythologies may have those elements because uh, we can't kind of take out the aspect that christianity probably came in and bulldozed their way into that uh you were mentioning in our pre-show about mayans too and and they're kind yeah. of into the world. Yeah, I know. I remember like in around the end of 2012, it was like a big deal. And everybody was like, let's party because the Mayans said the world is going to end. And blah, blah, blah. and uh, I don't know if everybody listening knows this or if I've said it before, but I'm from the Yucatan. So I'm from that area where um, like there was a big, there was like the seat of the Mayan empire. And yeah all the archaeologists and all of the academics in the area agree that that was like not the end of the world it was never supposed to be like this is it the mayans said it's over it's just that um mayans the maya saw everything as cyclical and so their calendars and their the way they marked everything was in a cycle and so what 2012 was supposed to be was the end of a cycle and then after that a new one would begin I, they just didn't they just weren't there to create the next one or to predict the next one or what have you, um, because the Maya civilization is not what it once was. Um, but yeah, it was, I think that because Abrahamic religion kind of takes over everything the way that the world is at the moment, everything's Westernized, um, we imply that these stories are linear when a lot of cultures and traditions have circular stories about you know, cycles of the world and things ending and then beginning again. Um, we kind of do away with the beginning again part of it because it doesn't sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm, I'm kind of reading up on here about how um, uh, Hinduism has, uh, they also have a story of a flood kind of woven into their their kind of end of days story. But they believe that we are in the, the fourth age 
of the world right now. So the world is created and destroyed, and it says each uh, Brahma day, at, which is like a, an age, uh, lasts, I think that's 4 million? 4 million, 320,000 years. Uh, and so we're currently in the fourth age, uh, and we had, which is kind of, but if this is also kind of symbolizing the idea that life has been wiped out multiple times and, and that we are living in, I mean, I, I, I'm actually trying to think about, hold on, I'm just Googling, I'm Googling right now how many extinction events. Oh, there've been five massive extinctions in <clears throat> extinction events. I'm just saying it's kind of an issue interesting thing about like a lot of religions are cyclical and they're talking about how like this happens a lot when it's clearly a common theme so in addition to you um <clears throat> you get like the great flood as you mentioned that's in um they talk about the great flood and the epic of gilgamesh um and it also um reappears in the bible with uh names changed to protect the <laughs> protect the peeps <laughs> there but the stories <laughs> names change protect to protect the, privacy, the, the protective privacy of those involved um it's an i i mean i i i suck at history i'm sorry um but it is mentioned in other cultures the flood yeah is yeah, like yeah. And that's what saying. It, kinda, it shows up in a lot but it's just kind of interesting that it's like uh the one in the flood story in the epic of gilgamesh is like word for word the bible i think they... oh it's exactly the same i remember reading the epic of gilgamesh in high school and being like um <laughs> Uh, one fun fact about the Epic of Gilgamesh, it's also a very beautiful, tragic love story between Gilgamesh and Enkidu. Uh, it really is. Like, it's uh, it's super romantic, and uh, but just spoiler alert, he dies. But if, in having his lover die, um, <clears throat> the makes him go on this big quest, and uh, that's where he finds the people who are like, yeah, we survived the flood the last time. God, God's killed all the people. Um, uh, what another thing we found in this article, which is actually really fascinating, we're gonna link to it because it's really good. Um, there were zombies in Gilgamesh, I completely missed that, or maybe I didn't, but it's been a minute. Um, and zombies is like one of our preferred ways to end the world in fiction lately. Why is that? Well, you know, it's funny, it, put, it points out here, I think it's like they were made by so there's like religious zombies religious zombies mythology made by magical magical mystical zombies right like used to build a mm -hmm. reanimate the dead and things like that uh through um that we see that kind of showing up before now our zombies are uh virus are typically created by viruses they're not through witchcraft or um magic or um hey sidebar is jesus a zombie uh, when I was in Catholic school, it was our favorite thing that made our teachers angry, um, was saying happy zombie Jesus day on Easter. Um, I think technically he's more of, a an apparition. But it's his physical body because he still has his wounds. He's basic. he shows off his You're scars. Right. So he shows he... off his scars and you can touch him. I guess. Really? Okay. So he got beat up before he died. Does that mean yes. that he like came up looking gross? Like, cause if he still had some of, or did he like select which wounds he kept? He either looked different or was a whole other body, but he had the same wounds. He had a whole new vibe. Okay, yeah. so maybe Jesus, <laughs> maybe Jesus isn't a zombie, but like Lazarus was super a zombie though, right? Lazarus like, was 100% a zombie. Weren't people like, ah, like, like he came out and like he came, like came out in his, he was still in his wrappings and stuff? Yeah. Oh my god, wait, and, and one of the symptoms at the end of the day, wasn't it that, like, a bunch of teachers rose up from the dead? 
like a bunch of people rose up. Like that was a thing. Like when, when Jesus died, then it was like a bunch of the old teachers came up and they also rose from the dead. That was like a portent. A lot of stuff happened. And I think there was just zombies all around. You got to search this up. So I feel like it's like, and like, so did they all get new bodies or was it just like rotting corpses just stumbling around like, praise him, praise I mean, him. And like, <laughs> that's not, we're going on such a sidebar here. Um, but I think it I just... mean, it's relevant. It's definitely relevant. Dear Miss Vesiana, my, my, my seventh grade religion teacher, Jesus may not have been a zombie, but there were definitely zombies at the crucifixion. Just saying. It's in the book. Uh, we've talked about there's kind of some popular ways. There's the zombie aspect. There's asteroid, aliens, plagues, uh, nuclear winter, you know, us kind of blowing ourselves up, blowing ourselves up. Um, so there's a lot of different scenarios. Um, currently, we haven't talked about aliens. We need to talk about aliens. We do need to talk about aliens, and I really want to talk about Independence Day because I think that's always a really a good thing for me. <laughs> We always want to talk about Independence Day. I always want to talk about Independence Day. All all topics lead to Independence Day, you guys. In case um, this is your first time listening, how many times have you seen Independence Day, Brie? Um, probably more than eighty. More than eighty. This is why we will always, yes. whenever possible, Independence Day will come up. Yeah, I think you can probably categorize end of the world scenarios with ones that are our fault and ones that are not our fault. I think though, with Independence Day, it wasn't our fault at all. You know. Yeah. No, that was just random. They were just like rolling up and it united um, us <laughs> as a planet to stand up and and uh and rise against uh, the aliens and then we celebrated it there's actually a sequel and i haven't seen it because i don't want it to mess with my memory of it it's probably like the sequel to pacific rim we don't have to talk about it it's unnecessary <sighs> i mean pacific rim also an alien uh alien invasion um situation. yeah yeah and and also kind of united the countries of the world to work together um which is i think it's one way to go with the end of the world story because um in novels and movies and i think more novels than movies um but certainly in the zombie category of apocalypse stories uh we focus a lot on like what happens after like after the bad thing happened right um if we didn't all perish and there are like survivors what those survivors do is usually like form little tribes of like people who wander together and help each other and try to survive and i think that's i think that's us being like hopeful little troopers that we are as a people mm -hmm. it's funny it's, i have actually in my notes um the apocalypse as a pastoral poem thinking about this uh, idyllic nature sometimes of these post-apocalypse stories well pastoral literature in this this context i'm using it is it's a class of literature that presents uh the society of shepherds as free from the complexity and corruption of city life in many ways like m almost all post-apocalyptic stories totally fit along that about like even walking dead it's super violent and not not idyllic at all but it is they are separate from, they're freed from complex modern life. They don't have to pay mortgages anymore. They don't have to do their taxes. They, especially in recent seasons, I'm like a casual watcher. It's too intense for me, but my dad has watched it every time I visit him. So I've seen some recent seasons or re recent episodes. And, you know, they've 
people are growing, have farms and people are kind of building little communities. And, and it's, it's, uh, aside from, you know, the almost getting eaten by zombies a lot, uh, there's an idyllic nature to it. It's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. Like I'm like, man. Retire to a farm and get some goats. And every so often you have to shoot a zombie, but otherwise it's pretty, it's pretty, like, it's sweet. You know, it's calm. I think what the appeal is of them, uh, I think what what's good comes out of them. So I think, like, we, we talked a bit about um, in an, in an Independence Day about how, like, it united humanity uh, and people came together and fight. But there's other things, as we're kind of talking about here, that are, um, that are like, goods that are kind of coming out of that. So, like, in zombies, you've got this kind of idyllic nature. Everything's kind of pastoral. People are kind of rebuilding from the ashes. People are making, people are farming their own communities. Uh, they, they're kind of having to, you know, it's just you and some of your closest friends just trying to, just trying to get your harvest in before, <laughs> before the zombie before invasion. Before the zombies you know, come back. Yeah, before the zombies come. It's very, um, it's, it has an idyllic quality to it that uh, even Zombieland that we didn't quite, we didn't see them farming, but Zombieland does have that element of like this, like there's found family. They're they're sort of it's it's very kind of simple. They just have to survive and uh. and people banding together just for the sake of like their people and like it, it kind of um, the apocalypse in most of these stories kind of erases. It's like imagine imagine no religion and no like, but there's you know there's no nationalities anymore uh, or or any like of those things that we made up to hate each other. Um, there's just like, are you human? Cool. And like, like we're on the same team. So that's, I think, where that whole like hopeful part of it comes from. Um, and I, I think that's what attracts people to these, to the idea of the end of the world is like, everything's so chaotic and it's been chaotic for centuries, you know, like every, it's not now that we're obsessed with the apocalypse. We always have been. Um, and everything's always happening so much that I think on some level, <laughs> on some level, we crave for it all to just stop. And like, I don't want to be in traffic or like dealing with work and mortgages and all this crap. I just want to like have some goats and some tomatoes and like shoot some zombies on the side and everything will be fine. Um, yeah, I think we, we crave the simplicity that comes after everything that we built collapses. Yeah, it's weird too. As uh, you mentioned that about just like having some goats and some livestock, so the the Greeks kind of also had this kind of tradition of of this like idyllic life that they had lost, uh, where people were were you know were shepherds and they they were kind of living living in harmony with the land and nature. And I think it just shows that you know we've for for thousands of years we've just wanted some goats. We've mankind has just we want we want some goats and a small plot of land and like a loot or something like a loot and, a loot. and maybe a, <laughs> yeah and like and like our family and just like be, just laying out on the fields so it's just funny that it's like I'm thinking about like even the Greeks were like oh man isn't life isn't modern life so complicated see the modern life has always been complicated and I think it just is like even then, even then, like thousands of years ago, they were just like, man, I just want some goats. I just want some goats. I just, it's funny that I mentioned the loot and this is not strictly apocalyptic, but I'm just thinking of like, how do we make feel good stories? Um, especially when, when people are writing like 
fan fiction or just like creating their own stories that aren't like for you know mass publication or anything like how do we give people happy endings is like we give them some goats i remember uh back in the like in the spartacus fandom um our our, our two guys that survived spartacus sorry spoiler alert not a lot of people survived spartacus like 30 percent of all of the fanfic in that was like putting those two guys in a farm with some goats the more i've been like digging into this research it's like when was it better the good old when were the it's good like, old days because if the when the hell greeks was were, that happening because when did the when were the good old days because if the greeks were like oh man the good old days like that <laughs> means it was not then and then even in the 16th century they were like man the good old days when we had goats and farms and <laughs> and lived in a little thing like we've just always been like i don't know yeah, when, when, like here's, this is what I'm, when did we have the goats? <laughs> when, <laughs> when did we have these goats, Adri, that we've been wanting since? <laughs> since you know. At some point, we had some goats, and we just want to get back to that place. we had to have had these damn goats, and I'm just trying to figure out <laughs> when that was. Because it's not a... It's not like... It's I, not in recorded history. Like, when, when did this happen? Uh, I think that good things come out of crises and we know that um because when we scare we, we're a social creature and when we're scared we huddle even when we can't huddle we like and people will think it naive but i genuinely think we want to help like we just do um so getting topical again i mean I don't know when uh, f- the future people are listening to this, but like currently, like all of Italy is quarantined, so they're all like, "That sounds terrible." Like if I like we're like the beginning of a horror movie. Okay, hold on, let me focus on the good stuff I was talking about. All of Italy is quarantined, but if you see the videos, <laughs> I'm sorry. If you see like the tweets and the videos coming out of Italy, like people are on their balconies, like having dance parties in isolation but together. Like somebody's like they're all just blasting the same music at the same time and like dancing the Macarena in their in their balconies or like the Italian anthem. They're just like trying their best to be together when they're forced to be isolated. I think that is the mood. There are two moods right now. There are there is no toilet paper, which is like a mood and a half. There's no toilet paper. And here in Miami, there's also no black beans and rice anywhere to be found. Um, and the other mood is like what do we do to not go nuts from being alone? So I think if anything is coming to light from this mini, hopefully mini, it's not mini, it's horrible. Um, but this this uh, crisis we're having is... This tiny little crisis. This we're tiny little maybe world-ending crisis we're having is... Apparently people are really attached to toilet paper. And let me tell you, if we end up in a Walking Dead scenario, that's the first thing to go. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I need also, people to be more comfortable with the fact that um, you can just, there's other ways to wipe. You can totally get them. <laughs> I promise you, like that, water, but... water yeah. is your friend. Um, yeah, sure. I'm sure people will find that out if it gets stuck at home for longer than a bit. But the other thing is that as much as we like, we like our gadgets and we like our laptops and our smartphones and we like to like be left alone, but we really don't. Like when people tell you, wait, actually you can't hang out with anybody. We really hate that. And we really want to be together and comforting each other on some level. So those are good things. I think yeah, that yeah. come out of this. I, I was thinking like something that you just said there kind of made me think about this. I think 
another maybe another reason why we keep thinking about and worrying about the end is um and society sort of collapsing is this idea that we know how precarious our modern life is and how it's it's like it can be it can collapse at any minute you know like it's so it's so delicate the way that we've sort of removed ourselves from the the natural order the natural world i think that's the thing too is that we've we've for a long time now we've removed ourselves further and further from the kind of natural rhythmic flow of like the world and and how the world works we've kind of tried to kind of remove it but it is so tenuous and delicate that like uh it could really easily just go apart uh, at, at any moment in an example is like in this situation that we're going through like right like people are like things are like grinding to a halt like we still have electricity and all this kind of stuff but it's really making i think people realize like how um how precarious it is how things that we take for granted like like events like well of course we're gonna have this parade that's a we have had the parade for 200 years well we didn't this year like you know it, like so many things that we are like take as a given in in our modern life are like could be gone in a second and there it's just very like a delicate um balance so like we do like our gadgets like we like our phones and our 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 technology and and um and and things like that but i think it's like how quickly that all just sort of dissipates and then you're just left with people on balconies singing together you know like yeah like that's something that is that's a bit more that they can't you know that can't quite fall apart yeah you know? and i think um I think Floridians and other people that live in hurricane prone areas might be more aware of this. Um, but you'll know it if you've ever lost power in your neighborhood altogether or in your apartment building. Uh, people go to that whole like pastoral helping each other out situation really fast. Like whoever has a generator will be like, everybody give me your meat and perishable so I can stick it in this fridge I have. Or, you know, people jump out to help each other. And like as soon as you turn the power down, and I'm not. I'm not advocating for people shutting down my internet. Um, but as, as soon as the power goes out, people step outside to see what's going on, to ask, hey, did you lose power too? Like society comes back to like talking to each other and being a community as soon as we lose all these things that help us make our lives easier because those those things keep us from depending on each other. So, yeah. I think, yeah, you know what I made think me think about it? Ultimately, like, we'd be fine if those things happened. There's this thing that kind of made me think about, there's this, like, recent, uh, it's not super recent, I think it's just in the last couple of years, I had, like, a power outage in, in New York, um, and they had, like, the lights weren't, were, the, the traffic lights were out, and they had the people just sort of spontaneously, like, not government, not whatever, were sort of, you know, got out and were helping direct traffic. And people were listening to them and someone was playing music. And I remember watching a video of this guy just sort of like, like people, like directing traffic and, 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 and keeping things going and flowing and, and everybody was sort of like loving it and, and cheering them on. And it was sort of this thing where it was like, um, yeah, like, like, like people sort of come together when our routines get disrupted. Um, and, um, I think it's like, uh, I don't know, it's just kind of really interesting to see, like, the way the way we just sort of quickly come out and, and like, take take charge and sort of act on on um, on that instinct. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's the takeaway is that our instinct 
is to help each other. That is, I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, people will take advantage of you and people will cheat you. But I don't think that's the, I don't think that's the natural instinct for most people. I think the natural instinct is to help each other out. So you have an article here, psychology reveals the comforts of the apocalypse. Yeah, I kind of touched on it before, uh, but we 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 all crave some kind of control, um, some kind of way to control our lives and what's going on. And we don't really like we don't have that. That's a, that's a fake thing. We want it, but it's very hard to control your situation, your surroundings, especially at like a worldwide level or at a societal level. We can't control um, completely the things that happen to us. And so the end of the world in that sense is kind of a reset button. Like eventually all of these mad, complicated things that are out of my control that I don't even understand are gonna collapse and it's gonna be simple again. And I'm gonna be able to have three goats and some tomatoes and everything will be fine because those will be my things and I will have control over them. And there won't be like the stock market or like, uh, what else do we have control over? Uh, just companies and the, the the price of petroleum or just things that we can't control. Like all those things are going to fall apart and we're going to have like small lives that we have control over. Um, or we won't have any lives at all and we don't have to worry about it. But um, but we won't, we won't be like little pawns that aren't in control anymore. So that's, I think, kind of part of the psychological attraction of, of the end of the world. You know, it made me think about when you mentioned that about um, how, uh, there are there is so much in modern life that is so invisible to us that makes no sense that we have no control over but that is like very fragile like the stock market it's fake they're trading fake money <laughs> they're trading fake not real money they're trading digital like stuff i mean no it's real money no one correct me i actually don't even care like but i'm just saying it's just the idea that numbers are going and they're trading it and there's no, no one's actually physically trading like bars of gold there's a lot of yeah. sort of um it's it's just weird it's like fake it's fake stuff it's fake fake stuff and it, we have no control over that and and we have no control over like uh a lot that goes on in our lives that has such a huge effect of it. It is this sort of feeling of like powerless. There's so much complicated stuff that we don't have any direct, uh, we have no, uh, we have no way to kind of influence it. Things feel really helpless. And I think that is kind of interesting in the apocalypse that sort of like simple simplifies it down to like, okay, well, what's actually real here? Yeah. And so I think that that's, um, we're all part of the obsession with it is that, we are our minds are drawn to the idea that as overwhelmed as we are it's going to end probably soon and we won't long like we won't have to worry about these kinds of things anymore uh we'll have to worry about other things but like our goats <laughs> and the occasional rogue zombie um yeah. but all things that we have some power over or that we understand at the very least like even if we can't control it like we can't control the weather but it's easier to understand um if like the world decides to flood, it's easier to understand that like, for some of us, um, that certain things have caused this to happen and it's done and you don't have to worry anymore, it's over. Uh, so yeah, that's why, that's why that song is so appropriate. It's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's, the, okay. that's how I want, that's the, that's the, that's the end. <laughs>
that's the okay all right well thanks everybody for listening uh you can find us over on twitter on uh the obsession pod uh hashtag the obsession pod if you'd like to share your thoughts while you're listening uh and until then wash your hands stay safe oh yes (laughs) until then give us some tips what should we be doing in this this end of the world phase adri uh we should be washing our hands for at least 20 seconds the first two lines of the black parade by my chemical romance by the way work for washing your hands uh-huh. and um yes uh no hugs only vulcan salutes and uh yeah stay safe